0: Hello, welcome to the first of Brian and Robin's Lounge Conversations to uh, make up for the fact that we've got a lot of spare time sitting in airport lounges. Lounge It's a lounge cast, yeah. Yeah, It's nicer than a pod, isn't it? Yeah. Nice than a pod. So what, what are we doing? We're going to where... Don't you know? I mean, no. a bit well, no, I've checked you the itinerary. Checked in. Yeah, it's the uh, right. So we're going, we're going off to Sydney, but we're not playing Sydney on the first date. We're doing an Australian tour. No, we, you
1: should say where we are
0: first. Well, so we are in Western. Singapore. We're currently. in the, This is where we're doing the lounge cast from Singapore, uh, and in the British
1: Airways lounge. A fine, fine
0: airline. Right, there we go. Brian is now saying, uh, can I please have some more points on my card for that? Uh, that I don't know, how, how many air miles do you get for plugging this on a lounge cast? Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll look into it later on. So, but we're off on tour. We're doing, because uh, the Monkey Cage book has just come out, and the Monkey Cage book is out in Australia, and uh, also this is nine dates... We start in Melbourne. Where do we go? You're very so well,
1: pretty well um, informed, aren't you? Yeah. Given that you don't know where we are or where are we go. Yeah, all
0: right then. That was, that was just to. Yes. Uh, I don't know it was
1: professional. We, we start in Melbourne and then we're on to um, somewhere else.
0: Brisbane? Yeah, we do. Melbourne, Brisbane. Uh, Auckland, Wellington. Auckland, Wellington. Sydney, Sydney. Sydney, Sydney. Yeah. Canberra. Did we remember, did you remember Brisbane? Yeah, it was good. Canberra,
1: Adelaide. Adelaide. Perth.
0: Perth. Yeah. yes and then, and then Hong Kong and this is different to this is different to the last Australian tour, but it's also different to some of the UK arena tour that we did. What are you trying to prove on this account i mean there's there's more twin peaks in this than there was there was no twin peaks no in twin our peaks, last tour
1: and there is some twin peaks yes it's a, a terrific quote from the log lady uh, which I will fine you talk amongst
0: yourself. yeah then. there we go we're also joined Steph's here as well hey. this is uh, um Steph is the person who does uh, Brian's physical training, physical training yeah and and your, uh, yeah And, Robert. Yeah, and yeah. my physical <laughs> wheezing yeah the because uh, <laughs> Brian thought he, he did think that I, I would be killed within the first day when we started doing the training didn't he yes but
1: yeah. you surprised
0: us all yeah I remember in fact as I saw Dara checking into the same hotel, I thought hang on a minute, Brian reckons I won't survive so just to spite Dara, I will survive so he can't sidekick the arena all. Um, so yeah <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in, in, in the book you've uh, you actually, you've got Twin Peaks in the book as well this, this quote
1: Electricity is humming, you hear it in the mountains and rivers, you see it dance among the seas and stars and glowing around the moon, but in these days the glow is dying what will be in the darkness that remains?
0: See, that's what I love is you have, it's the only time you speak like that. You always speak happily about, you know, the heat death of the universe and yeah. everything. You're always giddy when thinking of a far more orderly and lifeless universe. That's but you do have a special voice for quotations yeah. when you, you know. say things like, just the embers of a memory, of the dust of a smile. <laughs> so, you know, whatever it is, one of your quotes about what the universe is. Yeah,
1: yeah um, that, that's the Log Lady from Twin Peaks, uh, Season 3 and the this show is heavily heavily about the heavily in in every way actually because it's quite heavy about the end of the universe
0: so what you're saying is this show would not be the same weight on uh another planet because you're talking about heavy rather than massive would yeah, that, that change it, the that's weight that's of the it,
1: show a very poor physics
0: joke but that's what I'm wondering is that will the weight of the show change not the
1: mass be careful you're now interchanging weight and mass right okay no 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 so that's I'm what I was
0: saying I'm saying should, should you have said the mass massive of the show no has change
1: changed property of objects yeah so the weight as you, you're absolutely right Is a. Uh, Ann actually um, who co-wrote Cosmos with Carl Sagan once said that your weight is is a, is a wonderful thing because it's intimately connected to the planet that you're on so it's a relationship you have with the planet you stand on at that time. So, which is a beautiful idea, I think. But yeah, this show is much more about the, the, for those people that saw the arena tour in the UK, um, that was about the beginning of the universe very heavily. So about the inflationary cosmology and our theories of what may have happened before the Big Bang. This show is about the other end of time. It's primarily about the end of the universe and what we know about our future, which is actually, it has to be said, quite dark.
0: Well, what do you think... I mean, genuinely, it is quite dark as well, isn't it? We're not merely talking about a metaphorical existential darkness, are we? We're, we're talking about... Both. Yeah. the and
1: existentially uh, and physically dark.
0: Is that... Well, it,
1: see, the great thing is it forces us to confront the, the... To confront our own mortality as individuals and as a civilization. And, and actually, as any civilization. So any civilization that exists... All will exist in the universe is mortal and has a finite existence. Because of the way that the universe is behaving, uh, it's, it's accelerating in its expansion. If it continues to do so, then there will come a time when all is darkness. And I think that's, I think that's a, an interesting observation. Cosmology forces us to confront our own mortality.
0: So is there a point where there could be imagined there is life, but the distance between uh, galaxies or indeed objects is so great that there might be one place creating life light which would is not be not able to observe light beyond itself? So, so in,
1: in the universe that we're in, um, it'll get to a point where it will double in size every 20 billion years or so. It's double, 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 double. And in such a universe you get to a point where you can see nothing beyond your galaxy because all the other galaxies have been carried so far away that the light has been redshifted, uh, that they've faded into nothing on on the horizon. And also events that happen in those galaxies in the future will never be observable from our galaxy. So, so y- you end up in a universe that's just an island, uh, just a, a series of islands of completely isolated galaxies. But even then, um, life can't exist forever mm-hmm. because uh, star formation rates fall, the stars fade away. Um, many of the stars get thrown out of the galaxies in, in the simulations that we have at the moment over very long timescales. So, so the galaxy almost evaporates away. And then we think, as far as we understand... Or, or, well, we we don't quite have a proof of this, but we strongly suspect that matter itself is unstable. So the protons and neutrons are unstable, even when bound in in stellar remnants like white dwarfs on huge timescales of uh, one with thirty six zeros after it, or something like that, thirty five zeros after it. So we think that matter begins to evaporate away on these very long timescales, and then even black holes, we think, evaporate away on extremely long timescales. So ultimately, you get a universe full of radiation, probably electrons and neutrinos and radiation sparsely populated through the cosmos and nothing else, no
0: structure. See I have mentioned this before and I know we no longer consider biology or you don't I've never did but you know you've have a joke about biology being one of the arts and some people took it quite to heart but it was a
1: jo- the key is that it's it a was joke. meant to
0: be a joke it really but but you know the uh, uh, I found it intriguing that most physicists I know seem to suffer less existential angst than biologists I'm only basing this on uh, really my own anecdotes from actually meeting uh, biologists and physicists but I always wonder if there's an idea that biologists biologists because they see things on a kind of uh, molecular life basis, whereas you may well see it as uh, the, if not eternity, of particles but at least, you know, you're made of particles, you're not thinking of it in quite such a, uh, the level
1: Yeah, yeah, these are very long long timescales that we're talking about and we're talking about the, I mean, the, the, there'll be red dwarfs shining in a trillion years from now.
0: See, that's why... Why does a red dwarf last... When you showed me that in the hotel room today, you showed me the, the lifespan of a red dwarf.
1: So, so a star is a it's, a... it's in a state of equilibrium. So what's happening is gal- uh, gravity's trying to squash it down. And as, it's, as it collapses under its own gravity, it heats up in the middle, nuclear fusion starts, and that produces energy and pressure which holds the star up. So the more massive the star is, the more pressure it has to generate, the more energy it has to release through nuclear fusion in order to stay static, to stay up. And so that means that it burns its fuel, a very massive star burns its fuel much more quickly than a less massive star, which has got to release less energy, if you like, and generate less pressure in order to stay up against the force of its gravity. So that means that white dwarfs, which are typically, let's say, a tenth of the mass of the Sun or less, Burn their fuel. They have to burn their fuel very, very much more slowly than a star like the Sun, in order to just stay up. Mm. And so they do. So, so they can burn. So so the Sun will has about another five billion years left of fuel. whereas a red dwarf is burning through the fuel so slowly that it can last for well over a trillion years.
0: And just the final one for today's lounge loungecast, uh, the um, that, we're, biggest argument we've had, and it's in the book, a kind of a, quite a polite version of actually what was a very rowdy argument at the end of the last series about simulation theory. Now, you like the equation, whereas I think the equation is reasonably useless for the time being and doesn't in any way enlighten us as to whether there is a one-in-a-billion chance that we're not living the simulation. Where are you on the simulation now?
1: The the argument to which you refer is again
0: um, not the kind of way you spoke at all when we sat in uh, the, the explicit deleted a, it's just version? A way.
1: It's, it's a paper by Nick Bostrom, and it's a it's a way of trying to organise your thoughts. So so it's it's okay saying, I think we live in a simulation, computer simulation. Or no, I don't think we live in a computer simulation. But there's no information in thinking like that. So it tries to organize your thoughts. So it says, well, what are the things that would be necessary to, to live in a computer simulation? So for example, one thing is you have to be able to simulate consciousness in computers. So you have, to, you have to, an experience like ours has to be available to a virtual simulated object. And so that you might not agree with that. And so then you would not think we're in a simulation. So, or you might think that computers uh, will never be sufficiently powerful so you can say, well, how powerful would you need to be? So you could, you could certainly think about how many bits would I need to simulate a, a human brain, because we know about the structure of the brain, so you could think about that. And so so it's, a way of, it's a way of stepping through an argument, logically, to see where the flaws might be. So, so that, that's all, so I don't know why we're going through an argument. About it, why did we all, fall out of a great, simulation yet again? It's Who coded it's that moment? It's something great detail in the book anyway. Which is a super, and I oh, say, yes, so note, two. Oh yes, well now, isn't it? There's two things. One is the infinite moon Case how to build the universe is out. Part one: How I to build the universe. Part, part be one: heretical name. I, on. I think it's the first book that I've been involved in that's better on Kindle. I like the Kindle version. Mm-hmm. It's really okay. nice on Kindle and usually that's not the case that's just the
0: kids. small step isn't it yet yeah, again to your like simulation the theory
1: and uh, secondly the, um, the end of the universe show is going to is, is now, tickets are on sale now that will be me and you in uh, an arena near you in February 2019 in the UK and Ireland and then onwards to Europe I'm sure and then even we are trying to plan uh, North America and Canadian extension of that tour so 2019 is going to be the end of the universe um, year, and that's um, you know that's that's what, it's, it's still a year before Donald Trump is um, ceases to be president unless he gets impeached in the next few weeks.
0: See that was the see, thing. So, where
1: so, so we're going to do end. We're trying to get the end of the universe before the actual end of civilization. See it, that's what I like though. We're
0: giving and taking away at the same time. So hopefully in the foyer, <laughs> some people will buy a book about how to build a universe, and then by the end of the show, they're going to go, "What's the point? I build it." And then it just ends up being darkness again.
1: It is. The, yeah, the the universe ends. What's the quote? The universe ends not, not with, with a, a bang, bang, but a whimper.
0: Not even a whimper. I suppose sound waves won't be able to travel, will they? Uh, n- well, uh, we should. T- no, I tell you what. We shouldn't hold I mean, T.S. Eliot it's up it's diffuse, to. Uh,
1: no, they, they won't. I mean, scrutiny of physics. It's a good question actually. When, when you when you decide that it's a very diffuse gas of photons and and I think electrons and neutrinos because I think. I don't think we have any theories that suggest they would be unstable over those sort of timescales. So we're really talking about proton decay into electrons and photons and things. So, um, so about
0: the fifth book, post-tron. How to Build a Universe, book, is just going to be a selection of health and safety regulations, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's
1: a good question whether in a completely diffuse gas of um, very weakly interacting particles... Uh, when you decide that a sound wave can't travel through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, can it really a whimper can't. travel through the weak soup of Tafil yeah. particles? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, the photons don't interact with each other. But very, 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 very small probability of photons interacting at those energies. Um, but there are some electrons and positrons around, uh, you yeah, know, neutrinos.
0: Oh well, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll, we'll do that from the We're next the next lounge cast. I think is in uh, it's about Sydney tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> We're moving around quite quickly. But uh, the um, I like the fact that someone was telling me that one of their arguments against there being a simulation was originally it was because of George W. Bush and then it was Trump. They went if it was a simulation, then they wouldn't be president. But to me, if anything, that argues for it being a civilization because uh, a simulation because. That's the kind of games people would play when they simulated universes, isn't it? So the more ridiculous your universe I think seems go, I, to be... I'm
1: going to get the, the most powerful country on, in, on my simulated civilization yeah. and have it run by a reality TV host. Yeah,
0: that's exactly the same kind exactly the they'd play. That's the first lounge cast. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Melbourne on uh, Thursday, and we'll speak again. Bye. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network.